covering all aspects of Milwaukee Brewers baseball. It's time for Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Here is your host, Matt Pauley. And we do welcome you into another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. My name is Matt Pauley. Got you for the next uh, little while here. As always, I really appreciate you taking some time to uh, listen. If you ever have any feedback on the program, you can always get in contact with me by uh, tweeting at me, at Matt Pauley Radio, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y Radio, or feel free to drop me an email as well, matt.pauley at wtmj.com. If you have a comment uh, on something that we talk about in the program, or if you just have a general comment on the program overall, uh, we'll, uh, I always enjoy hearing from uh, from listeners, so feel free to uh, drop a line. We've got a busy program today. A reminder for you, we always record this show on Sunday evening. So with that, uh, there might be some things that, uh, as you listen to it over the course of the week, are not quite as uh, relevant as maybe they were on Sunday night. We try to be... I don't want to use the word generic, but we try to talk about issues that at the very least uh, are issues that exist throughout the entire week almost no matter what. Uh, this week is a bit of an exception because we are going to focus in on the draft a bit, and the draft gets underway on Monday. So there are some items that after the draft has started and after the Brewers have made their first uh, pick uh, that uh, are not quite as relevant, but we'll try to keep it, uh, again, as, as relevant as possible. On the program this week, uh, actually, we're really focusing in on BrewerFan.net as we've got a couple folks from, uh, from that website and that great community that are going to be on the program today. And our social media conversation, Jim Goulart's going to be with us uh, in about 10 minutes or so, maybe a little bit less than that. And uh, then we will be uh, joined later on as we do our Down on the Farm segment. This week, uh, we're looking at future people who will be down on the farm as uh, we'll do a draft preview with uh, Toby Harmon from uh, from BrewerFan.net. This was an interesting week. A couple things happened. Uh, the first thing that happens is the prospects arrive. Over the course of the week, you first had Brett Phillips, and then Josh Hader, and then Lewis Brinson all graduate to the big leagues. And I hear from people on Twitter. I heard from people uh, during the course of uh, shows that I do on WTMJ, including the uh, the post-game show, Brewers Extra Innings After the Games. I'd been hearing from folks, when, when are these outfielders going to be up? When's Hader going to get here? And I always said... Uh, just just wait for that Super 2 deadline to pass, and those guys are going to be there. And what do you know? It, it plays out that way because of uh, injuries and other things. So these guys are all here, and it's exciting. Now, are they all going to stick around? I think there's a pretty good chance that, you know, especially as Ryan Braun gets healthy and as Travis Shaw gets uh, activated again and as Jonathan VR returns, and we'll get into all that stuff coming up uh, in our, you know, headlines of the week in our next segment. But as, as that stuff happens, there's probably, you know, there's not room at the end, I guess you could say. There's not going to be room for all these guys. But they're getting their first taste, and they're going to have a decision to make. You know, do you send down a Brett Phillips or do you send down a Lewis Brinson? Do you send down a Josh Hader or do you keep him up and know that maybe one of those other guys in the bullpen, you're going to end up losing them uh, because you're not going to be able to uh, clear them through waivers or they're not going to accept the assignment if they're a guy that doesn't have options left. So still questions to be answered and some of those questions will be answered as the week moves along. Uh, on the and, and on the other side, and unfortunately this is a little bit raw as we record this on Sunday night, but we have seen more and more inconsistencies from the Brewers' bullpen. And that is quite obviously the biggest need on this team right now to get better. And Josh Hader helps a little bit with that because he's going to work out of the bullpen to get things started, but that's not his long-term home. He's going to be in the starting rotation sooner than later. And this is fresh and this is raw because of what happened in Sunday's game where it went from very quickly being a uh, a pitcher's duel to turning into, quite simply, an ugly game that was an 11-1 loss for the Brewers. It was completely a tale of two games. When your starter, Chase Anderson, was in, he goes six innings, allowing a run on four hits. And then Carlos Torres, Neftali Feliz, Willie Peralta, and Rob Scahill combined to pitch two innings, giving up ten runs, 
They gave up four home runs. It's never good when you need four pitchers to get through two innings. And obviously giving up ten runs in two innings is not a good thing. And there's just there's very little consistency from the Brewers' bullpen right now outside of Corey Knable. I think we can all sit here and agree that Corey Knable is having a fantastic season. He is a 1.15 ERA. He is 8 of 11 in save opportunities. He has given up just four runs and 31 in a third innings. Has 57 strikeouts, 16 walks. Uh, has the second longest streak in baseball history in the modern era of consecutive games with a strikeout from a relief pitcher. I mean, this guy is putting up huge numbers. But the other guys who are supposed to be your high-leverage relievers. You know, Jacob Barnes has been more good than bad this year, but there's been some inconsistencies. He had the game against San Francisco where he took the loss. He didn't record a single out. He gave up four runs on, on five hits. He's had, some, he's had some bad appearances. I think he's been your second-best relief pitcher, and he's been, you know, that's uh, those four runs he gave up on June 8th. Uh, that was the first time he had given up multiple runs in an outing since May 13th. And in fact, uh, starting on May 13th until, uh, as we record this on Sunday night, he has given up a total of five runs, four coming in that one outing. So he has been pretty good. Uh, but still, he had that outing. There's there's still minor inconsistency issues there. But we'll, we'll give Jacob Barnes a pass. But when you start looking at the other guys who are supposed to be your high leverage guys, you know, Carlos Torres did just a great job last year. And I think the, the one of the frustrating things about Carlos Torres is uh, it got bad and it got bad fast. He had a 2.67 ERA on May 28th. I, th- I don't think a lot of people realize that. As I talk to people, as I hear the venom in people's voices and through their tweets about Carlos Torres, I'm not sure if everybody realizes that May 28th, Less than a month ago, three weeks ago, Carlos Torres' ERA was 2.67. But he's had a really bad month of June where he's pitched to a 13.5 ERA. That's not good. That's not good at all. Oliver Drake has his moments, but he has a 5.16 ERA. You know, we know about Neftali Feliz. He's got a 5.88 ERA. Uh, Jared Hughes, a 4.01 ERA. I mean, I can keep going. Willie Peralta, 6.57. When you break it down a little bit more and only look at uh, Peralta as a relief pitcher, he's got an 8.44 ERA. So that makes it even worse. The The relief pitching has not been good for the Brewers. Are there good days? Yes, there are good days. But are But is it consistently good days? No. No, it's not. And I don't have an answer right now. That's that's the most frustrating thing about this is there's not a clear and obvious answer. I don't look at the Colorado Springs Sky Sox roster and f- see guys that I feel like are are going to be able to come up and just make this huge huge difference. I mean there's guys who might be able to be a little bit better. There's guys who have been effective down there. Um you know, Tyler Cravey was somebody who almost broke camp with the team. He hasn't done much at AAA. He has a 5.26 ERA. Uh, Brent Suter, he's been starting more recently. We might see him come up uh, when the Brewers have the doubleheader coming up on Tuesday. He's at 4.11. Maybe you take a look at, uh, at, at Wei Chung Wong, who's got a 1.78 ERA in 24 appearances. And he's been working as a bullpen guy. And he's generally been a, a one-inning kind of guy. He's a left-hander. Maybe that's somebody that you look at. But I, I really would not be shocked to see the Brewers start being a lot more active on that waiver wire, bringing guys in, putting guys out. We saw it last year from this club, that that final spot on that roster, that final bullpen position, it was being circulated and, and filtered through continuously. And really, it was, the, it was the last two spots as the season got started. And then, you know, they found Jan Mourinhez. And he was very good last year, even though he had, was not as effective this year. And maybe that's just what it has to be now, because there's not, a, there's not a clear answer at the moment. I don't agree with the group of people that says, just just throw these guys out of here. Like, I, I, I think there's value in Carlos Torres a guy who had a sub-3 ERA last year leading your team in appearances. And it's not like he's been bad all season long. I'll repeat it one more time. Three weeks ago, Carlos Torres had an ERA of 2.67. That's good. And 
that was after 26, 27 appearances. So it isn't like it came in a, in a small sample size. Maybe he's just being used too much. The bullpen is being uh, overused. I'll, I'll finish with this, though, as we talk about the bullpen. And we'll get into our headlines of the week in a moment. Almost every team in baseball has pretty major bullpen problems at times. Uh, right now, the Brewers' bullpen ERA is 4.13. That's eighth in the National League. Miami, Atlanta, Philadelphia, St. Louis, the Mets, Washington, San Diego all have a worse bullpen from an ERA perspective than the Brewers. And it's look, these these bullpen pitchers, like there's a reason, unless you're a closer, unless you're or, or sometimes an eighth inning guy, like there's a reason these guys aren't closers and, and are not starting pitchers. They're, a lot of times they're just average pitchers and they're in the bullpen. And it's a it's a problem throughout all of baseball being able to have an effective bullpen. So the week that was really looks back at the prospects are here, but the bullpen is struggling. It doesn't matter if it's right in the middle of the summer or winter. There's always news about the Brewers. Let's look back at the week that was with Matt's headlines of the week. And our headlines of the week this week are very much based on those transactions, which we already got into a bit. Uh, three of the top ten prospects in the organization get called up. First it was Brett Phillips, then it was Josh Hader, then it was Lewis Brinson. Uh, Phillips started in center field in his first game. He's been in and out of the lineup. Josh Hader has appeared in one game, had a scoreless inning, and this is all through Sunday's action. Lewis Brinson started on Sunday, did not get a hit, did get a board, though. His first at bat, he got robbed of a base hit, uh, and that was all on Sunday. So, Uh, Those guys are all with the Brewers, and who knows how long they're going to be able to stick around, especially uh, Phillips and Brinson, because uh, Travis Shaw is going to be back soon, and and Ryan Braun's not that far out either, uh, based off things that are happening right now. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll we'll just have to wait and see. You kind of thought that once Lewis Brinson got to the club that he would take over one of those starting outfield positions and never relinquish that. We'll have to wait and see if that's going to uh, play out that way. Jonathan VR had a very scary situation uh, in Arizona. He dove for a ball, and the impact of the dive uh, caused muscle spasms in his back, and it eventually turned into a back strain. He was having a hard time. He couldn't walk off the field on his own. They had to stretcher him out, and even the next day he was having major issues walking. So he's on the disabled list, and his status going forward is unknown. It had looked like he was maybe starting to come out of – his malaise, I guess you can say, that he had been in uh, through most of the season, as uh, he had he had just had moments, and we've seen moments from from him before. But uh, and he he had four hits over the course of his final three games. That was that was good to see. He was hitting for some extra bases as well, and uh, now he's going to be out for a while, and at least the ten days. And you don't know if he'll go on a rehab assignment or not. Speaking of rehab assignments, uh, Ryan Braun is doing some baseball activities, uh, taking some swings, running around a bit. Uh, his there's still no timetable on his return, uh, but the word has been given that he is going to go out on a rehab assignment. And a lot of times players, the stature of Ryan Braun, don't do rehab assignments, so it's notable that he is going to go out on a rehab assignment. You got the sense the last time he came off the disabled list that he was trying to he was trying to play himself back into kind of game shape, so to speak, uh, in a major league game. And this time that's not going to happen. He's going to go on a rehab assignment, and you would assume that's going to be a game or two before he ends up coming back. Uh, the other headline of the week is obviously coming up on the major league draft. Uh, the Brewers uh, have a few picks in day number one their first pick is going to be uh the number nine pick and we'll talk uh, more about that coming up in just a while when uh toby Harmon from brewerfan.net joins us uh that's coming up in uh, just a bit but before we uh, go down on the farm we gotta do our social media conversation after every brewer's game signing an announcement bloggers and podcasters hit the web to give their take now we bring them all together it's the Social Media Roundtable, and it starts now. 
Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile, does continue on right here. It is time for our social media conversation. We're very happy to uh, welcome back onto the program one of our favorite people to uh, talk to. He's one of the head minor league guys over at BrewerFan.net, does a lot there, uh, and really pays attention to all things Milwaukee Brewers baseball. Never afraid to bring an opinion to the table as well. It is uh, Jim Goulart. Jim, appreciate your time. How are you doing today? Very good, Matt. I'm doing great. Uh, spent a nice day in Mystic, Connecticut. Um, on the way home, managed to uh, listen to several innings of a one to nothing ball game. Uh, got out of the car for about uh, 20 minutes, and I did not come back to a one to nothing ball game. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess that, that that will be among the topics of discussion this evening, I imagine. Yeah, we record this on Sunday night, as we uh, as we generally do, and the Sunday afternoon game in Arizona was the 11-1 game, where it was one nothing going to the bottom of the seventh, and then the rails come off for, uh, for the relief pitching. And, Jim, I... Uh, not that long ago, I wrapped up my, my post-game show on WTMJ Radio, the Brewers Extra Innings actual radio show, and you know, generally I like to have answers about what to do, and I don't really have much in terms of answers for this bullpen. You can't pitch Corey Knebel every single day, and you, know, you can't pitch Jacob Barnes every single day, but even Barnes has been hit or miss a little bit recently. What would you do about this bullpen situation right now that, uh, quite honestly, their uh, consistency is lacking for everybody outside of Canable. Yeah, I, I guess you'd say in terms of the bullpen, they're they're the only ones right now who didn't quite take um, Mark Atanasio's uh, spring training mantra of "Don't blank it up" <laughs> um, to heart. Um, in terms of the bullpen, let's let's talk about some individual pieces. I guess uh, first of all, I'm I'm bring back some memories of 2012 coming off of the big. Uh, NL, um, you know, NL Central Championship and uh, 96 wins, and then in 2012, Doug Melvin locked in a bullpen of veteran guys without minor league options, and he had to stay with them. And it was just a nightmare in terms of that bullpen really sank the first three months of the season, and um, it, they never really recovered. They, they tried to in the second half, um, but it never really came about. In this situation here, slightly different, but if you look at some of the individual pieces, you've got um, you know the Oliver Drakes without options, Rob Skate Hills without options. But Brewer fans or even Brewers management going to be tearing their hair out if, if they somehow lose those guys. They've already said goodbye to... You know, Jan Mourinez, they, they've shown they've been willing to cut some. Here's what I would look at it. I think you, at this point, you really need to reward two things from your minor league system, and that is pure stuff and then the ability to throw strikes because this bullpen is really getting themselves in trouble um, with the bases on balls. So you've already got a Josh Hader here. Who knows for how long? But um, obviously the southpaw with stuff works there. Um, the other guy who's actually thrown a good amount of strikes and is starting to turn it around after a little rough patch is George Lopez, excuse me, Jorge Lopez. And uh, here's a guy that, um, yes, he's down in Biloxi. You've avoided Colorado Springs with him, but there's a stuff guy that I would start with to bring up. Um, Willie Peralta, let me just touch on base him on a second. They're not going to offer him another arbitration year salary next year unless he just all of a sudden becomes the best setup man in baseball. Yeah. There's another guy that Brewer fans shouldn't be worrying about. So there are things that can be done, um, but I, I would start with Lopez and see if uh, there's a spot there. I do have a couple of other thoughts on that, but um, if you want to jump in for a second, that's fine too. Well, you mentioned some of the minor league guys, so let me throw this name out at you, and this is a name that a lot of Brewers fans had kind of forgotten about, and really the numbers that he's putting up at AAA just recently really got thrown you know, in, in my face is Wei Chong Wong. There's a left-hander who's really dealing at AAA. Does he deserve an opportunity? That was the next guy I was about to mention, and um, certainly I think they've used him in very, very um, tiny portions, I guess you'd call it. Um, short stints. Um, he's done very well against left-handed batters this year. 
and um, he is throwing strikes. So yes, there's another person. There's another guy that uh, certainly could be um, among the options. Somebody who I'm really wary of, and I, I wouldn't want to see it. But you've got Taylor Youngman there. No options. He'd have to make the team, you know, out of spring training next year. Are they finally going to see what he has? So just right there, we've mentioned a few names. Michael Blazik was pitching well over several weeks, but even though he got kind of banged up in his, not banged up, but um, roughed up in his last start, he's got 24 walks and 37 innings. So it's not like he's been throwing strikes all along, too. Beyond Lopez and Wong, they'd be the two, first two guys that I would look at. And if, like I said, if you lost a Scahill or a Drake, um, nobody's going to blink an eye. Um, there are two guys that I'll mention, and these will be more for the, the minor league diehards out there might recognize the name, but um, Tristan Archer is a 26-year-old, and all he's ever done throughout his minor league career with the Brewers is throw strikes and get outs um, and kept his ERA down, his whip down. He's at AAA now and pitching well there. And the other guy I would think about who is just – mastering double-A with Ks and no walks, and that's Aaron Wilkerson, a 28-year-old who the Brewers got when they sent Aaron Hill off to the Red Sox last summer, and he's not going to be phased by a call-up. So in the cases of Archer and Wilkerson, you're talking about guys who haven't made their Major League debut yet. It would be a lot easier to bring them up if the Brewers were 10 games out and the Cubs were doing what they're supposed to be doing. But I realize that's not the case. So you've kind of got this double-edged sword where the Brewers are contending in a very parity, weak division so far in the NL Central. Everybody's kind of waiting for the Cubs to take off, but it hasn't happened yet. And as we get each week moves farther along, Father's Day next week, um, do you want to go with somebody who has seen no Major League action yet? Probably not, but might be time to think out of the box. In 2012, they fired poor Stan Kyles, the bullpen coach. It didn't matter. I don't think uh, Lee Tunnel's in trouble, but um, Lee Tunnel looked awfully good last year and the year before, hmm. but not sure about uh, what's going on this year with this pen. This is really pulling your hair out kind of stuff. Let me throw this at you because a lot of the guys you mentioned are, are starters in the minor leagues. Even Michael Blazik has been starting recently, and it's very common for you to start in the minors as you come up and then eventually transition to the bullpen. There's that, that's a large percentage of guys. But we see, with, you know, a Corey Knable came up as a bullpen guy, and he was always a bullpen guy, and he was, you know, he was closer of the future kind of guy. Do the Brewers maybe need to go, whether it's through the draft or you know acquiring, do they need to go find a few more guys who are relief pitchers and never have them start in the minors? Just know that this is somebody you're targeting to be a high-leverage, high-quality relief pitcher? I think if they identify pitchers who have a two-pitch mix that is just really, really over the top, um, Knable obviously was one of those guys, and both Detroit and Texas knew that um, in his earlier stints with those organizations. Um, look, there are guys down in, in Biloxi right now, uh, a guy they picked up in the Rule 5 minor league phase, Matt Ramsey, he's doing very well. Um, but you still would like to see these guys develop a third pitch when possible, and they're not going to do that if they're if they're closing in Biloxi, you, you need, really need to stand out with a, you know, a 96, 97 mile per hour heater and a, you know, drop off the table curve or a, uh, or a Barnes type slider to be that kind of guy. Philosophy wise, maybe that's something they're studying more down the road, but um, I'm actually more of the case where you take the Lopez's, the Wilkerson's, um, Archer has always been a multi-inning guy in, in middle relief, and um, if they can throw strikes, strike out the occasional batter, and um, keep the ball in the ballpark, that works for me. It doesn't matter whether you're in middle relief. Um, you, you have to start rewarding the guys 
who have fastball command at some point. All right, let's get into a couple other things before uh, before we let you go. And this is a big week for this organization, not just for this year, but really kind of what this week represents. Uh, they they get past that Super 2 date, and then, hey, what do you know? Brett Phillips, Josh Hader, Lewis Brinson all get called up within a week of each other. What does it mean to uh, uh, to have these guys all here at this point in time? It's exciting, first of all. Uh, it's fun. The, the isn't it amazing that everything in terms of injuries or um, you know situation you know unusual situations where you've got um, you know, players on leave and and Jonathan Biag gets hurt in the manner he does Ryan Braun these all if these had all happened uh, a month ago or even three weeks ago two weeks ago the organization would have been in a bit in a quandary and it's all like you said because of that super two um, arbitration uh, time limit so to speak in which it would have been a little bit more difficult to juggle but it just happened to be that all these circumstances kind of rolled around within a seven day period and yeah wouldn't you know it the the, the big three if you will um, are right here right now and uh, in some ways, I, I think that there's another one on the 40-man, Ryan Cordell, who may be uh, the best of them all down the road some point. Um, just one personal opinion that I share in terms of the outfield mix. But, yes, it is interesting in that uh, what will happen when uh, guys start to come back off the various injury and, and other lists. Uh, Keon Broxton's, I saw, had, you know, had a little ninth inning, big ninth inning blast, I guess, in terms of distance tonight. Um, his greeting of, of Lewis Brinson was uh, friendly, uh, congratulatory, but probably also a little bit awkward as well because, um, boy, Keon with the, with the strikeouts, um, it's, it's, when Keon's not going well, it, it's almost painful to watch him at the plate. And um, that could be something that's lurking right around the corner. Um, Broxton. Uh, does have a minor league option remaining, so we'll see what happens there. But yeah, Brinson, Phillips, Hader, uh, it, very exciting for the organization and for fans as well. Yeah, it's funny. We, we spent so much of this conversation kind of talking about the negatives, specifically focusing in on the bullpen, but uh, you know, with the with the excitement of, uh, of, of the prospects that are getting here, starting pitching has been absolutely spectacular, starting with Chase Anderson, but looking at what uh, Jimmy Nelson has done. Junior Guerra maybe hasn't had his best stuff his last two outings, but he's certainly been uh, you know more than, more than effective. Uh, the hit has had its moments, I guess, the last two games in Arizona, notwithstanding. Jim, there's still more stuff, good stuff going on with this team than bad stuff. Matt, we're in first place. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, this is um, the division has helped out immensely, but how much fun has it been to have a reason to tune in? I don't know what F, you know, FS Wisconsin's numbers are, WTMJ's numbers are. I imagine they're up as frustrating as some of these late innings have been. Um, but the overall interest, I, I hope it transfers soon into more bodies um, in Miller Park, especially um, now that school is out, warmer weather. And if the rest of the division wants to flounder and make July and August interesting, I'm all for it. This is all... Uh, a nice bonus for 2017. We will gladly accept it. And uh, if now that Brinson, Phillips, Hader, and potentially others are here, and some folks who are underperforming may be out, sacrificial lambs, if you were, to uh, satisfy the masses, based on what I'm hearing um, on some of the talk shows, including your own extra inning um, post-game show, um, yes, it's, it will remain interesting, if not exasperating times, uh, at least for a few more weeks here um, in terms of, yes, I'll say it, um, a, a, a division race that uh, why not, right? Yeah, why not? So- 
So, and not to squash anything of what you just said, because you're correct, and this is kind of the, the position I'm stuck between right now as I evaluate this team. You can evaluate them on the division standings where they're in first place, or you can evaluate them on their record where through Sunday's game, they're two games over 500. So that is almost the, the definition of average. It's, it's really nice, Jim, that they're in first place because the rest of the division is just doing absolutely nothing but I also think it's it's prudent to pump the brakes a little bit because this is a team that's basically a 500 team right now the schedule was very interesting this week weekend I'm not sure if you noticed but with the Rockies playing the Cubs um, the Reds who at least for the moment are ahead of the Cardinals in the standings playing the Dodgers and the Brewers playing the Diamondbacks the, the three top teams in the NL West have been very impressive. They're impressive. They've been impressive on paper. They've been impressive when you get to see them live. And that wild card is coming out of the NL West this year. And, and that's you could probably safe both wild cards, yeah. excuse me. Um, nobody in the NL East is anything except Washington. And in the Central... All of America is just waiting for the Cubs to wake up and win 10 out of 11 and and put everybody in their dust. But until that happens, we should just sit back and say, okay, this is about the NL Central, and let's enjoy that in the back of our minds, all knowing that this has really been a, a, a fun ride. But you're right, two games over 500 is two games over 500. It's better than being under 500. But let's not get ahead of ourselves either. Um, I'm sure the other topics that, you know, with, as we get nearer to the trading deadline, that will really open up some, uh, some topics of discussion if the Brewers are still within, I don't know, two, three games of, of the top spot. Our Down on the Farm segment coming up in just a few moments. It's kind of the, the BrewerFan.net edition of Brewers <laughs> Extra Earnings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. That's a, that's a mouthful. But uh, coming up in a few moments, we're going to be joined by Toby Harmon, who does a lot of the, uh, the draft stuff for you guys and, and analyzing different draft prospects. So uh, I'll finish you off with this, just kind of a very general, broad question. As we get set for uh, the draft that starts on Monday, so I'm sure some people are listening to this after the draft has already uh, gone started, it uh, it runs a few days. Just kind of generally, uh, what what are your expectations? What do you want to see from the Brewers as they go through the draft process this year? Sure. And um, to be honest, from my perspective, I've always been of the opinion I'm going to dig deep into um, the kids the Brewers um, pick up once they're picked up. Um, I'll let Toby and I, God bless him for doing all the work he's been doing uh, this this spring in, in prepa- preparation for the draft and educating um, all the folks from social media and everybody who checks in on Brewer Fan on the draft. Um, I really dig my claws into them the moment they sign. So I will just defer and say um, that the MLB draft is such a huge crapshoot, if you don't mind me saying that, um, in terms of successes. You can look at uh, the history of just the number nine picks overall. I saw somebody posted that the other day. We can hope for our own Jeff Jenkins once again, but there's a long line of number nine picks and beyond that um, just haven't been successful. So we're waiting for some of the recent picks to pan out. Um, everybody was excited when they went with younger kids a few years ago, the Cody Medeiroses, Jacob Gatewoods, Monte Harrisons, um, coming off the Corey Ray pick. Let's just, uh, if we don't have an Eric Arnett pick, I'll be pleased. <laughs> give, me, give me somebody that I can follow with some, some real hope for three or four years and not a player that within a year and a half you know that uh, – it didn't work out. That's what I'll, I'll leave that at that. Jim, it's a great community over at BrewerFan.net. You're right there in the middle of it doing the Daily Link Report. There's so much on the website. Can you take me through a little bit uh, about what you do and uh, what people can uh, find in terms of uh, just your involvement over there? Sure. You know, Thanks for saying that. Um, we have a great community in that um, fans are able to um, express in a uh, respectful, polite, but uh, 
heated um, environment in which they can discuss daily events. We have a major league forum, minor league forum, international draft, uh, international um, signing and draft area where if that's your thing, you can post there. But from my perspective, um, the thing, the place where we really kind of set ourselves apart is on the minor league side of things where uh, we have, it is called the Link Report. It's been there since 2001, so it's well embedded, and um, basically it just gives you a place where on a day like tomorrow when the big leaguers are off, it gives you immediate access to know, okay, here's where the kids are playing, here's how I can listen to them, in some cases even watch them online, hear who the starting pitchers are, and then during the course of the evening, we've got a team of folks who kind of post not just the, the raw numbers, but kind of try to dig a little bit behind the box score, try to find out what's going on there. And thanks to the advancements uh, throughout social media, we now have a place in one thread where you can see all the day's news in terms of audio interviews, pregame interviews from all our affiliates, highlights, um, less and less the newspaper report, surprisingly, and, and maybe that's not too surprising, actually. Um, but really, it's just a place where you can spend 10 minutes with your breakfast the next morning, and you'll get a lot more than just the scores from the night before. Uh, you'll get to know these guys a little bit with feature articles and how they might impact the big league club in the in the months ahead, weeks and months ahead. He is Jim Goulart. You can follow him on Twitter at Mass underscore Haas. That's M-A-S-S underscore H-A-A-S. And uh, check out the link report and everything they've got going on over at uh, BrewerFan.net. Jim, it's always great to talk to you. It's uh, I feel like we could probably we could probably go two hours without even you know breaking a sweat. Uh, but we'll cut it off here for the day. Thanks so much for your time. I, I hope for the younger generation, they all know that Mass Haas is my homage to Moose Haas, who struck out 14 Yankees at 21. Look it up um, with with the Brewers and um, in my home state and my my him being my favorite young Brewer pitcher when I was a, a young man myself. So that's where all that all comes from, and that's a little history behind that for everybody. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Jim. Yep. Take care. The future of the Brewers organization has never been more important than it is right now. It's time to get an inside look at what's taking place throughout the Brewers minor league affiliates as we go down on the farm. Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. We do continue on. It is our down on the farm segment, although we're doing something a little bit different this week. I guess it's kind of a look at potential players who might be uh, down on the farm going forward as we're going to do a bit of a, uh, a draft preview. And we understand that you know a lot of people listen to this podcast over the course of the week, uh, and uh, the draft is getting underway on Monday. So uh, some of this information might sound a little bit different to you based off what uh, the Brewers did in the draft if you're listening to it uh, later on in the week. But nonetheless, a uh, good chance to preview what's going to be going on. Uh, very happy to welcome in a guy who... Uh, just you can just tell how much he loves really uh, scouting these players and, and kind of uh, diving very deep into uh, potential draft picks and just looking at the entire draft as a whole. Uh, you can read him over at uh, BrewerFan.net. Uh, you can also read uh, much of his uh, draft and scouting reports at uh, AlmostTimDell.com. He is uh, Toby Harmon. Toby, appreciate you taking some time with us. How are you doing today? I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, you bet. And uh, it's an exciting time. Let me just let, let's just start with this very generally. Uh, you obviously are very passionate about uh, the Major League Baseball draft and scouting these players. You know, in, in, a, in an event that uh, is is so hit or miss and can be a crapshoot at times. Uh, what makes you so passionate about what's going to happen uh, over the over that three day period? You know, it's just so exciting to get to know all these players and try to figure out which ones are going to be coming into the Brewers system because for so long, obviously, the Brewers have had trouble making it to the playoffs. So it's always been kind of looking forward to what's going to be happening in the future and hopefully that next group of players that will help push the Brewers into the playoffs again. And this is really where it starts is the draft. And just getting to know these players, I think it's important because – these guys are going to be in the organization. Some of these guys will be in the organization for a long time. And getting getting to get to know them now is just kind of really fun and exciting. 
the when you look at all the mock drafts, it seems like the name that most commonly comes up a high school outfitter from uh, from Louisville, Kentucky, by name of uh, Jordan Adele. I hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. Uh, is is that the guy who, in most in all likelihood, the Brewers are going to take with their first selection? Yep, uh, I've read all those mock drafts that you have, and the thing that keeps seeming to come up is. The term tools the outfielder is something the Brewers are, have been associated with it. What I think is happening is that the Brewers have taken tools the outfielders last two drafts. They took Corey Ray last year, Trent Clark two years before that, Monte Harrison, albeit not in the first round, back in 2014. So I think it's just been kind of a trend of what the Brewers have done recently, and people are trying to build off of that when they see, and they see Jordan Adele, Joe Adele, actually, he goes by there for the Brewers to pick, and it's like, yeah, another two is the outfielder, Brewers, sure. I'm not sure that the Brewers are specifically looking at toolsy outfielders. Specifically, that seems kind of like a strange draft strategy. It's <laughs> possible that they are looking at Joe Adele, but I don't think it's just because he is a toolsy outfielder. I do think that they're looking at a whole group of players, maybe at least 15 or 20 players for the first pick. It, it's going to come down to maybe who will sign an underslot deal with the team, or someone that falls down from the top group of players that they don't expect. Uh, Joe Adele certainly could be that guy, but I wouldn't put my money on it. You mentioned an underslot deal, and basically for, for folks who don't completely understand that, you have, a, you have a limited amount of money you can spend, and based off where you're picking in the first round, there's money that you can spend, and if you, if you spend a little less money there, you can then allocate that money to spend more later, and maybe you can draft a guy that there were some signability issues with, and you can sign them uh, later on uh, and, and get more depth out of your draft. Do you, how do you feel about that, though, when maybe you take somebody in the first round, when you've got a when you've got a top ten pick like the Brewers do, are you okay with them uh, selecting someone to go below slot money, or would you rather them get the the most bang available with a top ten pick? It would depend on where they're picking. Like last year, at number five, and Corey Ray actually did sign for slightly under slot. Not that he was an under slot pick. Uh, a few years ago, back in 2014, they picked Cody Medeiros with their first pick. He was an under slot deal. And his signing allowed them to go and get Jake Gatewood and Monte Harrison and sign those guys. If they would have picked an at-slot deal with their first overall pick, they might not have gotten Gatewood or Harrison. In hindsight, being 2020, maybe that was a good strategy or not. At number nine, I think they really are outside of that first tier of draft draftees. The Hunter Greens, Kyle Wright, Brendan McCabe, Mackenzie Gore, those guys are all going to be gone by the time the Brewers pick. So it does, I believe, make some sense to look at an underslot deal because, like I said, there are probably 15 or 20 guys that you could make a solid argument for the Brewers picking. And if one of those guys will sign the underslot deal and allow you to defer some of that money to the next pick, yeah, I think that could be a good idea. We probably don't have time to kind of go through all the names, but uh, of, all, of everything I've read, and you know a lot more than I do on this, but of everything I've read, Adele, uh, D.L. Hall, a pitcher from Georgia, uh, Trevor Rogers, a, uh, a left-handed pitcher from New Mexico, Vanderbilt's Jaron Kendall, Virginia's uh, Paven Smith, North uh, Davidson uh, in North Carolina high school outfielder Austin Beck. Those are those seem to be the names that uh, are thrown out there. In all likelihood, of is is the Brewers' first selection with that number nine pick? Is it going to be one of those guys that I just said? You know, like I said, it's kind of tough to tell. Uh, another guy I would throw in there is kind of a late riser, been Shane Boz. He's a high school pitcher who throws actually throws five different pitches, so he's not the typical flamethrower high school pitcher. He's been in the top ten, maybe even top five pick talk for the past couple of weeks. Um, the guy I was thinking the Brewers are going to go with, a couple of days ago, is David Peterson, who is a left-hander out of the University of Oregon. He would probably be an underslot deal. He's a solid, if not spectacular, pitcher. Throws about 90 miles an hour. He's extremely effective, barely walks anyone. But he's not really a high-ceiling type of guy. If I had to pick a name right now, it would probably be D.L. Hall. Just because the Brewers are lacking left-handed pitchers, really their only starting left-handed prospect is Josh Hader, and he's currently in the bullpen in Milwaukee, obviously. So they could use that lefty, not that you should be drafting for major league need in the draft. 
Um, another guy that I think could be a dark horse is Evan White. He's a first baseman out of Kentucky. He is extraordinarily uh, athletic, especially for a first baseman. He's a gold glove caliber defender. He actually is athletic enough that he could probably be switched out to center field. I mean, he's another underslot guy. He sits really well his entire career at Kentucky. And, again, that would allow them to take a higher upside guy at their next pick at 34 if they want with them. I agree with you that you don't really – pick from a, from a major league deed when you're going through the draft because obviously it takes a while for these guys to uh, make it to the big league level. Uh, generally, the only time that maybe that's an exception is if you pick a college guy that you feel like can make their way to the big leagues uh, pretty quickly, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that's not the case with uh, with D.L. Hall. D.L. Hall is a high schooler from okay. Georgia. He's, he's a little bit older, if I remember right, for a high schooler, but he is still a ways off. He has a really great curveball, maybe the best curveball in the in the high school draft class. He has a hard fastball that's kind of straight, but he can get sink on it sometimes. But he's going to be a little bit of a project, doesn't really have a change-up yet. He's probably at least three to four years away. The other guy I mentioned, David, Pe- David Peterson, is probably closer to one to two years away if they go with him. But again, his upside isn't bad at all. Uh, this year, Todd Johnson is the director of amateur scouting, and you know Ray Montgomery's still around. It's not like he left the organization. But uh, do you, do you think there's any changes whatsoever, any tweaks with uh, Johnson being in the position he's in this year? You know, it, that's really tough to say because we're going to have to look at how his first draft kind of unfolds. He did mention that they were kind of taking what they had done with Montgomery and even Bruce Steed. A few years, a uh, few years ago, and kind of moving that forward. What moving that process forward means exactly? I'm not sure. I know they are very analytics driven, but at the same time, they def- definitely do not turn a blind eye to the scouting side of it. So, I would guess, if I had to guess, they would maybe skew slightly more college again this year. But, again, I could be completely wrong about that, and their new philosophy could just be to go all high schoolers all the time. So I guess we'll see shortly. So what's uh, as we start to wrap up, and, again, uh, very happy to be joined by uh, Toby Harmon. You can read him over at brewerfan.net, uh, especially after the Brewers uh, draft. Make sure to go check out some of the scouting reports on the guys that uh, the Brewers did draft by uh, checking out uh, almosttimdell.com. When, when we get through the draft and it's Wednesday evening and everything's uh, done for, uh, what, uh, what would you like to see the Brewers have accomplished? I just want to see them bring in the best talent they can from their picks. What that looks like, it could be any number of different iterations. It could be they get a few college guys that are closer to the majors. It could be they just go with a bunch of high schoolers to build that impressive depth that they already have in the farm system. Ideally, I would like to see some left-handed pitchers and maybe a third baseman and a shortstop. But, again, they're going to take who they think is the best player at the particular pick, and it's difficult to disagree with them so early after the draft because they truly are the experts. I'm just a onlooker who likes to know, likes to think he knows what he's talking about, but who knows in the end. So I would be satisfied. I will be satisfied as long as the Brewers are satisfied, at least initially, and then we'll look at it again a couple of years down the road and see how right either of us actually were. You got. You already have the thread ready at BrewerFan.net. All the stuff's in. You all you you know the name, height, weight, all that stuff. And you just got to enter that in uh, as the draft gets underway. What can uh, folks expect from uh, from you and just uh, in terms of the, the the reporting and the coverage and the scouting reports and everything that you're going to do along with the draft at BrewerFan.net. And it, it's really not me. It is really a group effort of all the moderators there. We'll go in as soon as the Brewers make their picks and start getting all the biographical information that we can find on the web. And uh, Patrick Ebert, who works at Perfect Game, is very nice and supplies us with some sub- subscriber info from Perfect Game in the threads there as well. So we try to get stuff as up, updated as much as possible. It'll be over a couple of days sometimes because local newspapers will write stories about the players as well, then we'll link to those as those go up. And it's going to be an exciting next couple of days, and there's going to be some big changes. You, you can follow Toby uh, on Twitter. His uh, Twitter handle is you know and that. Do you have a, what's the, is there a story behind the, the Twitter handle? 
Uh, it's a Doug Melvin homage. Okay. Basically, it seemed like every other sentence or so he didn't wind up saying, "Well, you know, in that." You know, in that. So I, I've I've always picked up on that. Uh, my handle at brewfan.net is and that, but that was already taken to Twitter. Some other guy. Lucky guy claimed that, so I have to go with you knowing that. Got that. So you know, in that he is uh, Toby Harmon. Uh, he's going to be uh, he's going to be working hard over the next few days as the draft gets underway. Toby, it was great to talk to you. Great to get to know you a little bit, and uh, hopefully we uh, we find a reason to get you back on here uh, sooner than later. All right, sounds good. Thank you very much, Matt. That was Toby Harmon, and we appreciate him taking some time with us as uh, the draft is getting underway on Monday. It goes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. If you're listening to this after the draft got started, I hope you were still able to uh, enjoy that conversation and get something out of it, trying to ask a few uh, generic questions as well so it wasn't completely all uh, time-sensitive data that was uh, out of date uh, by the time you're listening to this, if it's maybe a little bit later on during the course of the week. Speaking Speaking of the course of the week, this is what it's going to look like for the Brewers. They are off on Monday. The off day comes at a good time for this club, just considering the way they lost on Sunday and the issues that they have had recently with their bullpen. They will play a doubleheader against the Cardinals on Tuesday the 13th. It's a day-nighter. The first game will be at 1.15 in the afternoon. The second game will be at 7.15. Then they'll wrap up what is turned into the four-game series with St. Louis with games on on Wednesday and Thursday before they return home for a seven-game series, three games against the Padres, and then four games against the Pirates. But this upcoming week, no game on Monday, two games against the Cardinals uh, on Tuesday, a game against the Cardinals on Wednesday and Thursday, then Friday and Saturday they open up that series against San Diego, which will wrap up on Sunday. All right, that's going to do it. for, And, of course, you can hear all those games on 620 WTMJ. All right, now let's get to this. That's going to wrap up this edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Do want to say thank you to uh, Jim Goulart for joining us from BrewerFan.net. Also from BrewerFan.net, Toby Harmon joined us on the program. As always, if you have any feedback, feel free to uh, email me at matt.pauly at wtmj.com. Or you can always tweet at me if you would like at Matt Pauley Radio, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y Radio. That is it. We will talk to you again next week for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Thanks for listening to Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Matt will be back next week with another episode. For all the latest Brewers news, keep listening to a home of the Brewers. News Radio 620 WTMJ.